Hello, everybody. Tracy Hackler back with another episode of the Roadshow Roundup, and this one's going to be epic. I know they're all good. I know what you're saying. They're, they're all good. This one is next level uh, because we normally go around the horn, but I'm not going to go to the top right corner. The founder, our fearless leader, Jimmy Mahan, has joined the podcast. I know I'm excited. Kevin Kulikowski right there in the middle, New York Roadshow. He has expressed his excitement this morning. Uh, Cody is driving into his Texas Roadshow shop right now. I know he's excited. He just waved. Uh, Justin, the bearded channels twin. Uh, <laughs> lower lower middle. And then last but certainly not least, Trey Huntsman, Kentucky Roadshow. Uh, and we got a full screen. It's symmetrical. You know how like past episodes we've had like five and it gets all clunky? <laughs> not today, baby. We got six screens. Jimmy, thanks for joining us, man. Man, I'm... Not only have uh, my, my, my man, Jay Will, I saw some of his comments. I was like, well, dude, I love Jay Will. I'm jumping on this. Let's go. And also, I've always been wanting to, to jump on, but finally got the time to do it. And then Kev was excited off the bat. Um, Cody's on his way to being excited. Justin is waking up into excitement. And Trey's not excited at all, really. But no, um, I have no excitement for life. It. He didn't say for life. He just meant like you, you see Jimmy every day. You get to be around Jimmy every day because oh, I get uh, to. I'm excited to see Jimmy every day. Yeah, we, uh, uh, Trey. I don't know what you're wearing um, for your bottom half today, Trey. But like right now, it looks like you're about to be dragged apple picking. Like that's like the perfect like. All right, whatever. I'll just throw on a hoodie in the trucker and, and just go apple picking. <laughs> apple picking is that a New York thing, Kev? I'm um, Johnny. Apples. Maybe I don't know. My wife's been asking we me to do it for like. We don't do a lot years. of apple picking in Texas. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not what, a Texas thing. No, it's not. Um, oh my god! The second one leaf on a tree changes colors, it's it's apple picking season in New York. Like we're so easy. we have more of the apple picking. I'm more of like a pumpkin patch. Kind yep. of okay. Like okay. you know, yeah, get, the, get the hot apple cider. You know, it, it's uh, Instagram girl fall. That's right. Hundred percent. Pumpkin 100%. spice season, baby. Kev, you can't you have the hot apple spice lattes cider. in Vegas this weekend. Man. You can't have hot apple cider without apple picking first, though. Well, so, somebody had to do the apple picking to get the hot apple cider. I mean, I'm not Johnny Appleseed out here. I just enjoy the apple cider after oh, it's man. produced. <laughs> yeah, you're more uh, well, the poor man's Dansby Swanson. But other than yes. that, very poor man. <laughs> so. We, we have a lot going on. So for, for those who are listening, tuning in, watching for the first time, the Roadshow Roundup was created to, to let everybody know kind of what we're doing at the Roadshow. We have so much going on with three shops open now in uh, Kentucky, Texas, and New York. We have one coming soon in California. Work just got started, restarted back on that. We have the Industry Summit coming up soon. So anyway, the Roadshow Roundup is a way to get all that we're doing to you and this week is like most of our weeks are pretty hectic, uh, but we got a lot going on. The industry summit, we got new releases. Jimmy, as you, the industry summit was an event that was important to you for all of us to kind of go together to represent Roadshow. What are your, uh, what are your, are your goals or objectives for the Roadshow at Industry Summit coming up at, at the end of this week? Well, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting because I mean there's not a roadmap for what we're doing and we're you know it's not other people own multiple shops I know that but not as 
spread out as we are, right? So part of the challenge is not only are we all friends, we can hop on Zooms and things like that, but it's different when you get together and are face-to-face. I mean, we all know that. It's different from working remote versus being in an office. So it was a perfect moment to say, okay, everybody's coming to this. Company's bringing everybody in. Let's go. Because there's no roadmap. Let's figure it out. Should we meet a certain amount of times a year? I'll come to you a certain amount of times a year. What is that? And then I really think then, then it becomes what is the objective when you are together? And it's, okay, California is rocking and rolling now. Thank goodness because those permits – Getting the permits is like living in a tent outside the DMV. Um, But now that that's it, and we've got a lot of experience of opening shops, it's really about time to say, okay, what's phase two, right? You're bi-coastal. What do we want to do next to kind of press our advantage and be different? Well, that is a conversation, in my opinion, best had in person and best had with all the voices of the roadshow pouring into the ideas. Like we'll come up with our own ideas and say, we're definitely doing this with breaking, but what do you see Kev? What do you see Cody? What do you see? Like, cause all these guys are brilliant guys. That's why we're all doing this together. Cause it's, it's not like a, Hey, we're on high. This is how it's going to go. It's going to be, let's all collaborate. And what better place to do it than there? where the, the whole point of this, the, the summit is to share ideas. Love it. I love it. And so for Kevin, Cody, Justin, Trey, have you guys been to a summit yet? Nope. No. Summit? summit I, I have. Cody has been. So we got three summit versions, which is pretty cool. Um, expectations, I guess, Kevin, for Kevin, Justin, and Trey, like what kind of, Obviously, you know about the summit. You've read up. You followed on social. Well, what are your expectations for yourself and the company at at the summit? Kev, you go first. Um, so for me, it's it's network, right? Like the the panels and and the presentations are gonna be um, are gonna be great. But similar to to sort of what we all say about the national is like networking is so important, right? And to now sort of have the whole roadshow team rolled out together and i'm still petitioning for for nike jumpsuits fully roadshow kitted out so we can look like a team um i don't know if or run dmc but anyway. in a week right love it right love it. Some, some some adidas track suits and shell toes with the with the roadshow logo <laughs> um, but but i mean for me it's it's basically about like sort of building relationships right and and we're we can see on the back end leading into it sort of the email exchanges that are happening and the people who are proactively reaching out to sort of set up times and everything. And it's just getting in front of people and, and sort of not only spreading our vision, but like, look, a lot of different people in this hobby do a lot of different things that, that can help in different avenues or different components. And so I think part of, part of what I've learned um, just in my professional experience throughout my whole life is like, it never hurts to listen to somebody's pitch, right? And you can quickly determine if it's a wait, it's a waste of your time or not. But the summit to me, and and hopefully it, it lives up to this expectation. But it seems like that's going to be the place where the folks who are serious about you know 
taking the next steps in the hobby or sort of carving their niche in the hobby, like that's where they're going to be and sort of taking the time to meet with, to talk to, or even just, you know, the, the casual, like you're sitting next to somebody at a, at a blackjack table at two o'clock in the morning. Right. And it turns out that they run a shop in X, Y, and Z. Right. And then you get to talking about that. Right. Like you don't, you don't get that anywhere else. And I feel like sort of that's, that's my expectation for, for the summit really. Justin, what about you? Um, so first of all, I want rip away track suits. I want the ones that, you know, we can away, <laughs> okay. get right Fair down. Away. I don't trust that you would rip it away clean in one shot. And then we'd have to be doing a bunch of the edits to, to make it look nice. <laughs> that sounds like our podcast. <laughs> no, um, I, I think uh, for me, really, this is a, a very interesting time because we've, we being the California Roadshow, I feel like we finally have a, you know, uh, a, a car in the race. You know, we, we, we have that time now to where like, yes, we are under, under construction. Yes, the vision of the shop is finally starting to come together. Um, at least in my mind, there's a big difference of because we get asked all the time, hey, when's the shop coming? Said, oh, we're still waiting for permits. No, now it's different now. I, I you know, I, I responded to a few comments but like, hey we just turned another page in our in our book here we are now officially under construction the the conversations with the contractor are different now so i think as these things really start to get into motion it's okay now what do you want to see in your shop what are the what are you know these things that how have how have you watched like i've, I've had the pleasure of watching <laughs> cody kevin and trey you know for the last you know year and a half, even when I wasn't part of Roadshow, just watch all this grow and, and uh, you know, I've been breaking for almost a year now, uh, full time and all this stuff. So there's been, I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot about what works, what doesn't work and, you know, the different shops. And so the industry summit for me really is a chance to kind of take everything that I've learned and, 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 and how much I've grown and kind of take that move it forward into having those meaningful conversations, whether at whether at one of the meetings or, or you know, one of the timed emails or even at a blackjack table, like Kevin said, because right. there is opportunity everywhere at these places because you can have just as meaningful depending on the people or the connections that you make at any of those locations, you know, so just um, and and obviously having the team together is great because like Jimmy said, you know, we are growing. We are bi-coastal. There's totally different markets. There's different environments. And having a chance to have everybody together, uh, especially at this stage in our shop now, I feel is invaluable to, to us. Awesome. Trey, number one item on your agenda to bring home. Um, to bring probably home Probably just get back to the blackjack table with Kevin uh, like we did at Harris. It's actually, we get to do Harris bi-coastal. You know, yeah. me and Kev. so uh, we're pretty excited about that. Don't know if little John's going to be there again. What? Uh, I'm sad. Lewis isn't going to be there. That's the main problem. Yeah, Trey, Trey, I don't know if you know this, but Vegas isn't on the coast. Yes. You know what I meant? Okay. How about this? Multiple times. <laughs> Is there no ocean there? Wait, can we pull up? Can we get a map graphic sort yeah, of highlighted? Yeah, so now? Billy here, ocean. Billy oh, let's, get let's get that history. To, yeah, if Billy is there, I'll be at that. <laughs> Caribbean queen. Um, right. But seriously, I mean, these uh, these summits, these conferences are actually probably where I like to be the most 
it's what I enjoy the most in our hobby or the summits, the conferences, things like what Trace and I did back in February for the Tops conference. It's things like that. I, I like the networking aspect to it. I like learning. I like trying to come up with ways that we can improve our shop. But also it's going to be pretty cool. Like, obviously, I don't think you need, we all have egos, but I don't think we let our egos talk a lot here at the road show, but it is going to be pretty cool to go into this with two years under our belt with so many people that are there looking at us and looking at the Kentucky shop as the first kind of to go through the wall like this. And it's going to be pretty cool for us to get to answer some of those questions and to have people looking at us and saying, what, what's your next step? What are you going to do? You've done this, you've done it well. And I'm excited to kind of get there and, get to answer some of those questions and sit in some of those meetings with people looking at us now. It's like, what's your next step? Like you've done this. This is great. Okay. What's next? Like that's, that's what probably I what I'm most say. excited about. That I, I agree. Cause it's a natural progression, right? Where we come out of the national and say, we're going to build all these shops. Kentucky has been built, but we're going to do this. And then it's do what you say you're going to do and do it right. And we do all but California because of permits, but now that's about to happen. And we go from half a table booth with Santiago and thank the good Lord that he let us do that with him to what we had last year with like the undertaker in our booth. Like it was an (laughs) unbelievable booth. And it's all this natural progression to the point where, okay, I want, what do we want to do? Okay. Is what we want to do. Go do it. Okay. We did it. Now, what's next? And then we get, I want professional development for all y'all always. I believe in that. So, okay, now's the first time we get a whole team together to do that, really, because card shows like the national to me don't count. Yes, it's a card show. It's, it's networking, but this is like listen and all that. And then, yes, I'm on a panel, but Jaycee's on a panel, but then I, I don't, I want it to be y'all on the panels, right? Like, that that's what I really it's the next progression of this and then we get together and talk about our own internally next steps so to me it's it's these it's kind of like Justin said turn the page it's these chapter markers and I see this kind of next next this weekend next month like is that next turn the page all right here's where we're going next let's read the chapter um got it might I add one more thing in there um Something I, I didn't mention uh, that I, I just thought of Vegas is actually like it's very close to the, the California road show. Like, is it on the ocean? Are you guys on the ocean? <laughs> We're closer, but I'm, I'm going to need a map. I'm going to need a map for, for this one 100%. That's a, that's a shout out to Ryan. Ryan 90, uh, pop a map in there. Justin, yeah, how thanks, far are you? Thanks, from Ryan. The, from the coast. Uh, so if I, I, well, I'm in Sonoma, like I said, I, I live in Sonoma now. We, if I jumped in a car, I could be, I could have my feet in the ocean in probably about 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, cool. not yeah. Uh, I think that counts as coastal. Yeah. So what were you no, going to say? Yeah, Justin, yeah, you were going to say you're close to my, Vegas my, or close to the Bay Area? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, an, it's an hour flight, you know, an hour, 15 minutes. So it is extremely extremely accessible for people on the West coast. So I, I just thought, you know, there's a lot of people that are in this industry or in this hobby that didn't have the chance to go to the national or they didn't have, you know, maybe some of these businesses, you know, 
or even just people coming from the shows, you know, uh, just the people in Vegas are going to be a lot of, there's going to be influx of people from the West coast because of the accessibility, right. Which plays a big role into our shop because, you know, these shows like, like the mint or the, the front row card show, the Las Vegas card show, you know, all those shows, everything that is going to revolve around our future, you know, going to these shows or being a part of these shows, um, are going to be there. So that's, uh, you know, or people from Vegas that are going to come to the Hayward show or the San Francisco show, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there, um, geographically that, that can be to our, our benefit. Uh, and the Cody, best thing in my mind and probably Tracy's mind, I'm sorry, I interrupted. I interrupted. No, 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 you're fine. You're the boss, dude. No, we, so, we interrupt a lot on this podcast. It's fine. Okay, yeah. good. Because I almost, me, almost derailed us on a geographical quiz there. So. Well, that's all right. Tra no, really, Trey, that's what happens with, uh, with Trey and I. It's Kentucky education here, right? Like, <laughs> like we don't know that. We tried to buy the, the bridge out there once. Um, <laughs> the, um, I think the thing that, like when I look at it from here, the the point is, like, what do we really have that if I'm saying, hey, industry, big eye industry, we are different. Look at us. OK, cool car shops are one thing. That's great. But the best thing I can do is be like, look at my guys. They are the best and get y'all in front of them. I mean, Tracy and I can go and do out and Tracy's the king of it. I'm I'm been learning the last couple of years, and then now it's like okay, yeah, like these are the guys you need to talk to, right? I slur a lot. <laughs> um, no, you're right, it, it, and the that is the strength of our company is our reputation and the people who have helped build that reputation, and who better to put out front and and kind of espouse our, our greatness for us, but the guys who, who are living it every day. Cody, I was going to ask you, you've been to the summit previously, but you were in a way different role with a different company. So how does your, how does your outlook uh, change between that, that and what you might do at this one? So crazy enough, I didn't go with Panini. I actually went with Beckett, which is even longer ago now. So yeah. it's like, uh, seven or eight years ago, but wow. um, yeah, old, like so, yeah, I know. I'm no, yeah, I've known you for a long time, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's totally different, right? Like, anytime you're working with a company like Beckett, who in this case was played a huge role in hosting it, um, so you're kind of doing a little bit of everything at, at that, you know, in that role. And Tracy, you know, from your time at Panini, going to shows is totally different going from a manufacturer perspective as it is going from a um like a shop perspective yeah. uh, if you are or a company that is going to to meet with the manufacturers as opposed to like the manufacturers meeting on the other side so um it is a little different um but at the same time i think that uh you know i we have friends all over the industry right like we all do we all have friends at, at different companies all throughout the throughout the industry and we've all made uh, those relationships. And I think that the industry summit is just another place um, like the national to an extent where you can sit down and, and reconnect with those people, right? Like, uh, you know, even if it's not in a, even if it's not always in a business setting um, in a B2B type setting, um, like a lot of the summit is, 
you know, it, it's just good for me to like be able to go and see my friends that, that I don't see often unless there's a card show or industry summit or a mint um, that kind of brings us all together. It's almost like a, it's almost like a family reunion for card shows or for like yeah. card shops and like people in the industry. So um, I think that that's what I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's relationships. That's, so, how, that's how we all got to be friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, so we say all of that to say, stay tuned to the, all the socials in the coming week. Cause we're going to blow it out. The, the wall to wall coverage of, of the industry summit. Jimmy's on a panel. I'm on a panel. We're co-hosting a Monday night thing with GTS. Uh, I hear, I've heard this. I haven't confirmed it yet. Maybe Justin or Kevin, you can confirm the Broncos are in town playing the Raiders on Sunday. Let's ride. One of those teams. I'm one an of those honorary Broncos fan for the day, <clears throat> and I showed Tracy a picture. I went to my parents' house. I dug out the old Tim Tebow jersey, and it is 100% in full effect. It's going to be out in Vegas because Carson uh, – not Carson. Derek Carr. Why am I saying he's awful too? Carson Wentz. Whoa! But Derek, Derek Carr, far. mid. Mid. That, that whole game is going to be mid. What are those teams? <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. They're going to break the record for most punts in a game in NFL history. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Hit us with We're... the Aaron Rodgers logic now. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Go Justin. Ahead. What? No, no, no. I want to ask Justin which one of those teams has a victory this season. I'm trying to remember. I can't. I can't remember. Was the MVP led uh, Derek Carr Raiders? Do they have a victory, Justin? Answer the question. Yes or no. Now, I'm waiting for you to finish. I'm being respectful. They don't. They don't. That's rhetorical. That's a rhetorical question. They don't have any victories. Hey, I just want to put it out there publicly. I'm not very pleased with Josh McDaniels so far. <laughs> As a Bronco <laughs> fan, we weren't either. No. I was about to say, there's a theme there. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a game of ring around the 50. Okay. All right. Just Okay. So, anyway, stay tuned for that. What – uh, jumping, jumping topics now because we do that. Wait, a lot hang, on, hang on, hang oh, on, yeah, Tracy. Yeah. Are the Broncos two and one, two and one. Yep. So one point one. Only, I believe we're the only two people that have a team with a winning record on this podcast. What? What? You definitely so, do. If I'm right, we have uh, the Bengals O line looks like this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a sieve. A lot of holes. A lot of and holes. Hey, Tracy, Tracy, do you think yep. Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he's going to be like in a hall of honor? Like, do you think he's going to be inducted into anything <laughs> like that? Because I think we need to talk about that a little bit. I agree. I like. Agree. I, I think Tracy was trying to kind of skip out on that a little bit, but no, we ain't skipping out on halls of honor here. Right? Joe Tracy's like, Tracy's like, yeah. There's panels. We're gonna have a pool party. Um, look, we're having a member of our team inducted into the yeah. hall of honor. Listen, you guys know I, I. It's not. It's. It's never about me. It's never about me. It's about us and about what we're trying to accomplish. So, Hall of Honor. I'm. I am honored. I'm touched. I'm happy with the class I'm going in. I'm happier that I get to go in representing Roadshow, and you. And I'm ecstatic that most of you guys will be there. Cody won't, but he has a very legitimate excuse that we all are completely on board with. Yes. Um, so stay tuned for that too. I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, I don't have to speak. Uh, but I, I was there for you being announced. 
Yeah, you were. We all you were. And they made fun I, uh, of me. So. Yeah, I'm curious. I was going to say, I'm curious to see if uh, Ted's going to pull out another stutter joke. Yeah, case. those are all. Those always go real far. Those always go real far. Thanks, Ted. Luckily, I like Ted. So, yeah, well, Trey, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Um, just stay tuned. We'll give you coverage of all of it. And next week on the podcast or the week after, whenever we come back to you, I'm sure we'll have uh, 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 action steps that we've taken from the summit. But Jimmy talked about always, always talks about one of the things he talked about is being different. And, and Jimmy is coming to us from a place that is another example of how we're different. Jimmy, do you want to? Tell us what, where you're located right now. Man, it, 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 I was thinking about it, looking around, like looking at, you know, Cody's card wall behind him and, and where Trey is, which is actually in the back of the museum part of the road show. And I'm sitting in our boardroom now at our headquarters. And I can show you where it was like, if we're really going to be different, we have to you got to act different. And, um, you know, it really helps too a little bit. I won't do the whole tour, but it's funny because I've got finally got a place to put all my six foot cards. <laughs> couldn't find any top loaders. Um, <laughs> so, but we've got it like this is our headquarters. And one thing I always thought, and I know Trey will appreciate this in time is a place where people can bring in collections and drop off that we can look through together. It also provided me, because that, that's what junks up card shops. It's not the card shop's fault. They don't have so much space, but card shop 1.0, we certainly know, we all, everybody on here knows, and especially Justin's going to know, you're going to have somebody bringing stuff every day, every day. And you can't house it all, look at it all. But now I've got an office. I don't have a couch yet, which is kind of weird. Dubs, come um, on, man. I, I do have a place to put lots of crazy things. I think one of the, my favorite things that's come up by random is this table with a basketball goal built in. That goal is actually from Memorial Coliseum, which is where Kentucky played before Rupp Arena. It was built. By the old, that's where like Pat Riley and Pete Maravich and all these dudes played, and that goal was used. And and you end up, um, he's like, "We're moving to Florida, man. Do you want this?" And I'm like, "Actually, I, if there's a place in America where that really fits perfectly, it's it, it's over here." So to me, it was like, okay, here's a gathering place, an apartment for our guys when they come in, storage place to look at card collections, a place to gather and meet. I said, it was kind of funny last night. I sat in here for two hours, just me and she boy. And we just sat in here hanging out, talking about life, business, NIL, really more the Lord in life than anything business wise. But it's like, we had a place to do it. We had a place to do it. It's across yeah. the street from the shop. The other part that's not finished yet, getting to the being different is we've got a parking lot out front. We don't really need a parking lot. So we're putting in a basketball goal and about 15 yards of turf to get when, when guys like, I mean, we started with PJ Washington, but when we have all these signings and different things, like come get a picture with 
uh, a guy taking a shot that you're you're getting to meet or throw a pass with Jamin Davis or something like that. And it, it's cool too because if you knew our street, this was kind of a dark end of the street, and we bought this old building and and spruced it up. And then when it's not being used for events, it's just a place where kids can play basketball and throw a football. And we're putting tables out for um, for moms to sit and watch and things like that, um, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm actually, I think, I think we've got it secured, but the bricks where you just walk around, we're actually going to get the old bricks from Keeneland, the racetrack uh, here. And those will be our bricks. We're always trying to, I, 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 of course, I'm an old English teacher. I love a double entendre. I want <laughs> things to have lots of different meanings to it. And uh, so that's why I, I go on and on and on. But I just love, I just want to be different. I just want to be different. I think that's the key to all of this. The, the key to all of it is that all of y'all. And then get all those minds together okay, what do you think is different? Cody's like, I think a 40-foot card wall is different. Okay, let's go do it. You know, Kev, like, let's do this. And Brooklyn Nets bought card bar, but then downstairs, we want to make our downstairs different. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Like, it's all going to happen. It just takes time to build, which we all realize sometimes it takes long, like in California. Yeah, I was saying, it takes a while. Right. <laughs> like, what California is going to do and the piece of court they got going in there, like, I can't wait and sometimes i gotta say it's all right god's time is perfect we'll get there let's go and it's like the kentucky shop you got half the shop you're, you're not selling anything but half the shop the museum side i think a lot of people love to come in just to be in there and and trey can speak to that i'm sure but it's like and what we're doing in the museum is we've got all this game you stuff and it's up but some of them from very significant games or very significant piece of history. And it's not just Kentucky, it's everything. But Tyler, who works with us, who everybody's about to see a whole lot more of, um, is doing a thing where it's like, okay, these shoes were worn by DeMarcus Cousins when he tipped in at the buzzer, this shot against Mississippi State. But then next to it, we're having a QR code where you scan it and takes you to the highlight of them wearing the thing. Like, that's different. That's more than, and I'm sure Justin, as, as a museum and history major, grad, yep. uh, master's degree. Absolutely. Can tell you, like, yeah, we label things in a museum, but we're, we usually don't scan it and see it in action. And it's like, it, I, I can go on. So I'll, I'll well, if, you need, if you need more bricks, um, I've seen Justin play basketball, so he's got plenty of them. <laughs> um, they but, won't be as pretty as the ones from Keeneland. <laughs> Keeneland's awesome. Um, all right, let's uh, switch course again. Let's talk about what's going on in the shop this week. Like, what's moving? What are you guys excited about? What new yeah. products? What new customers? Like, get, and we can go around the horn and and speak to it. Well, we probably have the biggest release week of the year because Elements comes out today. Oh, so. all right, that's good. And you guys all have it in your shops, right? We do. We do. On release day, all three shops. With a have Titans quarterback go. on the cover. Malik yeah. Willis. Malik Willis' first ever product so, cover. Before the shops get going, I just want to say one of my favorite things every year is today, which is collegiate football. Amazing. Oh, yeah. 
It's yeah. something my wife and I always open that in basketball. Always, always, always a favorite. I haven't looked at the checklist. I got to see if Juan Dale's in there. I'm hoping he is. You know but, he is. Let me check. Oh, man. I love Trey's that. Trey's going to have a – It's always a favorite. Trey's numbers are going to be skewed high today, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Excellent, Smithers. <laughs> uh, right. so, to, go, so to go back to last week, to go back to last week, Gold Standard has been a, a big seller for me in the shop. I don't know how it's doing everywhere else, but everyone to for for the early product release of the 2022 football season, I think that that's far and away the leader as far as design goes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, everyone in my shop is raving about it. So I don't know if we really touched on it last week, other than it was just releasing. So. Um, that's probably been my best seller for, for probably the last week and a half or so. Or in our shop, I mean, like it's just the football this year has moved um, just really just unbelievably fast this year. And I think people were worried about the rookie class and like what it would do to cards. But if anything, it's actually kind of been a nice like alleviation a little bit of higher wax prices on football. Like for instance, like gold standard, I think, I think I had it at 350. We sold out, I think, at 350, which last year, gold standard, if I'm not mistaken, was like a $500 box. Yeah, I was going to say it was, I feel like it was like between five and six. Even. Yeah. And so I think Elite was like 400 last year, and we sold out yeah. somewhere. I know it's down to like 240 now, but I think we sold out at like 315, something like yeah, that. I think so I, yeah, I think I, I think we lowered it once to 280. Yeah. And sold out of it here or something like that too. So well, people are just the business pitch that I've been giving. Yeah, the business pitch that I've been giving though is because when the first products came out for the class, you know, the prestige, the you know, people are like, oh, well, this quarterback class isn't it right? So why why am I ripping this product? Nobody's starting this, that, and the other, right? And my my sort of spiel to them is okay you can rip this product now because it's $200 a box. If it was last year's quarterback class, or if these quarterbacks become anywhere near those guys, this ain't going to be a $200 box anymore. So it's like, you're, you're sort of, you're trying to get ahead of the market. And I think once people realize that that's in fact a thing, um, and this goes to, you know, educating new collectors and everything. Right. But once people realize like, Oh, okay, you're right. Look at what, a perfect example of what gold standard did last year compared to where gold standards at this year. Like now granted it's, it's been different in my shop because our gold standard case has not been good. Um, there have been far more dud boxes than good boxes. And we had an RPA come out just that basically looked like a dog ate it. Um, <laughs> and it was just horrifically damaged and it was where like, was where was it Booker? was like, right, exactly. Um, I mean, and it was like it was 125 RPA. <laughs> well, like and, in our shop too. Amazing. Like, wow. Sorry, Kev. Uh, like in our shop, you started seeing like you know we've talked about a little bit like with skill position guys getting more attention in our hobby. This wide receiver class is insane with Drake mm-hmm. London and Garrett Wilson and all these dudes. Chris Olave, like it adds depth to the class, but it yeah. also. I think this kind of goes at least just small sample size in our shop right now, the attention on football right now in the hobby world, but also just as we started to see more emphasis in sports on sports gambling and more emphasis on fantasy football, there's so much attention on football. 
right now at the collegiate level all the way up to the NFL. Now there's so much attention on that on a daily basis that is more money driven that more people are coming in here and asking about football before any other sport, because that's realistically 365 days. That's what has the most eyes on it with the draft recruiting for college football. Now NIL stuff, there's so much eyes, so many eyes on football right now that I think it's driven the prices or not driven the prices, but driven the interest in football all the way up that it's like people will open a box and they're like, Oh, Chris Olave, like that used to be a 40 or $50 card. But now there's so many people that focus on it now focus on skill position players. It's not just a cute, it's still QB driven, but there's more eyes on skill position guys too. I will say that's oh. a double-edged sword though, because if you look at like the, the wax from last year's football class that we still have on our shelves, then like that sort of hurts because that class is, is underperforming at the moment. Yeah. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is well, okay, but in in, in a vast majority, vast majority of that class, Lance like, Jones, you know, they're both hurt. Lance um, Jones, um, but that's what, also Jamar. That's like right, but uh, Fields has a, I guess Fields is Fields like is Fields is mid. Fields Mills. Um. Have y'all noticed an uptick in baseball? That this is something I was going to bring up, and might as well talk about it now. Um, I feel like in my shop anyways, I, I feel like the attention to baseball has gone up a hundred percent in the past two weeks. And it was like, ever since, you know, pull started getting publicity going for the record and, uh, Aaron judge started getting publicity going for the record. I I've had a lot more people coming in wanting to buy baseball. I don't know if y'all seen that. Um, I think mine's been carry over really Baseball's been baseball's been my top from the jump. New York's a baseball town though, so it's a little bit different, right? With the Mets and the Yankees, and they're both playing well. Um, we we weren't expecting. Go ahead, Jimmy. What? What's, what's, what's that division? What's that division look like right now with a weekend series coming up? Oh, it's good. I, your hurricane might move the Mets Braves series. Where it's gonna? Where's it gonna go? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm excited. It doesn't matter because we're both in the playoffs. But also, shout out to the Marlins. Never thought I'd say that, but the Marlins are playing the Braves the last series of the season, and the Marlins teamed up with the Mets and sent an email blast to the Mets new, like to the Mets email base, being like, "Hey, Mets fans, for once in your life, root for the Marlins. Come down to Miami, which is just awful marketing during a hurricane, but come." <laughs> Come down, come down to Miami and support the Marlins versus the Braves. And it's like hashtag beat Atlanta. And I'm just like, this this is hysterical I love that stuff. Right. I think that's nothing but good for baseball. I I love it. I think it's hysterical. And, and um the the so Mets and Braves, then Braves and Marlins to end the season are is awesome. I've also been on record with Kat that I do think this is the Mets year. But, like, I, I told everybody last year, like, Braves won. I'm good for 20 years minimum. So, I, I was at a World Series of my team. We good. But it is fun internally to always play. Kevin, I always play a little Mets, Mets, Braves back and forth. 
just like Justin and uh, Tracy with Denver and, and L.A. and well, Las Vegas. Wait, where are the Raiders now? Uh, Las Vegas. Um, in the cellar. They're in the AFC West cellar. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I was just like, come on, stoke. Chiefs like, and the Chargers lost this week, so <laughs> there's still a shred of hope. The Raiders uh, are really not very good. Hey, 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 hey. Playoffs last year, I really think it's a coaching issue, okay? I, I think Dubs may have us all with him and Holly being Bills people. Yeah, no doubt. No oh doubt about hey. that. Hey, I don't want to hear it. Bills and Cowboys and Broncos all have the same record. Yeah. They, yes. The Bills couldn't handle, like, warm weather. I, uh, I Oh, so I think I brought it up on the podcast last week. I don't remember, but Josh Allen, I saw a stat where Josh Allen is like one in eight or one in seven or something like that in games that are 80 degrees or higher at game time. That's oh, crazy. I think it's all right. He's, he's got that, he's got that dog guys, in him. Like always, you get too excited and fired up too early. We're in the <laughs> first three games. Tracy and I just sitting back here watching. <laughs> yes. J- Justin, what were you going to say? Uh, so – you guys all have your baseball teams that are winning and all that. And hey, know. my baseball team, we're just hoping to not have 90 losses. Yeah. Okay. You paid a lot of money for those 90 losses, though. We paid a lot of money to not lose 90 games. <laughs> I, I say, you know it's bad when the when the Mets come to town and I, I watch a game and the A's lose like 14 to 3. So there hasn't been a whole lot of hype around baseball in the Bay Area Uh these last couple of years. So especially with Posey retiring, the Giants aren't doing so great and all that. So well the uh, A's have more feral cats than fans in their stadium. <laughs> Possums, but yeah, so, something like that. Possums. I can't I can't wait to see Trey's reaction when they end up with Otani in the next year or two. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Soto and you know whoever else. I think the Padres are probably going to offer Soto an ungodly amount of money since they already traded their farm system for him. Yeah. But uh, the Padres are the 2020 version of the LA Angels, like in 2010 when they signed CJ Wilson and Pujols and Josh Hamilton. Hamilton. And they're like, oh, we've got Trout. Like, Like, they've got Tatis. It'll figure itself out. And then they just signed all of these guys and like had like Irvin Santana as their ace. And have made the playoffs one time. I just love that there's a team in our division that has arguably the two best players in all of baseball, and they still have a worse record than the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I can't wait for Aaron Judge to uh, to switch train lines after this season and go play in Queens. There's no like, there's no way he stays with the Yankees. Honestly, it's it's it, it's weird because I've heard from Yankee fans like both sides. Like I've heard, give this man whatever amount of money he wants because he is just going to be the face of the franchise for the, for the rest of time. And then I've heard people saying he's old, which is also like kind of true. Right. So here's my thing with judge is if I'm him, why are you leaving anywhere that has a short porch? Like correct. Make a run at five or 600 money. Like, and it's no, but it's interesting because like the Yankees, I think their initial offer before this season was something like thirty-two or thirty-eight million a season over seven mm-hmm. years, and yeah. he just straight up said no. And so yeah. like 
That is a nice card. He's 30, by the way. Correct, right. He but but 30 is old for to sign a seven to ten year deal. It is. He's gonna he yeah. is go he is hands down gonna want to be the most highest paid player in baseball. He's like, gonna and he's gonna wind up signing with like the Tigers <laughs> or something. Right. Right. Get paid well, four hundred million. Uh, when's the last I don't know, when's the last time a big free agent hit the market and the Yankees didn't re-sign him? Am I am I glossing uh, over Kevin? Bryce Harper. You remember that kid? No, yeah, Bryce I'm Harper. Saying was, I'm saying I do, Tracy. Oh, that was on the Yankees. Like, oh, that was on like the Yankees. Um, like, I feel like once they're on the Yankees, like the Yankees will just like back the truck up for them, typically. Yeah, but the right, Yankees right. aren't like the Dodgers. The Dodgers just let anybody go. If, like Seager, they were like, "No, nah, we we're good." There right. you go. We got Trey Turner. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Enjoy that. We'll take Degrom. He's on his way. Mm-hmm. No, please, no. <laughs> you guys started talking baseball, and I started started nodding off. I apologize. On on where we should where we should this wait, conversation wait, here. Wait. Hey, on, hey, on. I want to bring up one more baseball thing because I think okay. we're glossing over the funniest thing that happened this week. So Bullhorn gets up the bat. No, well, uh, that was. Oh my god! I, I know within, where this is going. I meant within. I meant within the roadshow circle. Oh yes. Right. So this, is, this story is oh, worth yeah. telling. Oh yes, this home run number six hundred and ninety nine, <laughs> and literally within seconds we get a text. I don't remember if it was Justin or Ryan. I think oh, it was Justin. It was me. It was Justin. To the group text, to the roadshow group text, to everybody that is a part of roadshow, and he says. Oh, pull hole. It was like all cap. Pull holes at 699. Pull holes at 699. We're good. Like, and immediately he rushes off, buys tickets. I assume in the outfield, Justin. Correct. For, right for the next for the next game or the following game. Yeah. Pulls proceeds to like 12 minutes later, just go yard again. And I don't, Justin, I need an update. Did you actually were you able to turn around and sell those tickets? <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the money's laughable. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's the text. <laughs> Never mind. We're going to yeah, catch yeah. this thing. That oh. honestly brought me far more joy than it should have. Like, I think <laughs> oh, me, just, me, and Justin, Cody, I me and Cody immediately, like, called each other and were just laughing hysterically at that me, misfortune. Justin, I, don't, I don't know, I don't I know how been much money just lost, like Justin at Justin's age and be like, ah, oh, well. I... <laughs> I would have how much I sold it for. Yeah, Justin, I don't I don't know how much money you lost on that, but it was worth it, it for my my comedic relief anyway. Because I, I was in tears. Right. I'm about to start a GoFundMe. Let us know the number that you lost. Yeah. We'll start a GoFundMe, yeah. but it was it was more than worth it. Like it's it's the life it Justin is, I've let it myself. It's worth it, but you definitely have stories like this. That is the best. The tickets cost me $160, right? So then I I turned around and I'm selling them. It's like Sunday, Sunday morning. I, you know, I have them up on TikTok. 20 bucks. Up, and I had no movement on them. So I ended up I Somebody offered me 15 each and I took it. <laughs> yeah, you get like 15 in this Colombian keychain. Uh, yeah. Like, like, there you go. That, oh, uh, you made my week. 30 bucks. That That's that makes funny. my week. It really does. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, I've caught a home run. I really do. Uh, no chance. 
<laughs> but it was but it's awesome. Listen, we could literally go on and on and on and on, but we're all going to be together in a, just a few days. So let's end this episode here because it's always fun to laugh at Justin on the way out. That's my um, joke week for Cody. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's been your funniest one so far. Yeah, and that's the real life. That's like real life humor. Um, so these five gentlemen, thank you all for, for coming on and making the road show what the road show is, which is awesome to everybody who's watching. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Stay tuned for coverage from the summit and hear more funny justice stories. We'll talk to you soon. We love you and we'll see you. Boom. Let's get ready to rumble. We are honored now to be joined by a special guest, a guy I'm lucky to call a friend, but a long time industry veteran product development guy, Lucas Kinzer from Panini America, um, who works on a lot of stuff at Panini, but the two that we're most focused on today because of Kevin and because of myself is the WWE products and the UFC products. Lucas, thanks for being on, man. Haven't seen you since the national, uh, but you, you work on the, in the combat sport realm at Panini America, among other things. Um, so do you have a preference on which one of those you spend most of your time on UFC or WWE? That's a tough question. That's like asking somebody which one of their kids is their favorite. Uh, Mine's I mean, my oldest, but yeah. I'm kidding. It's like, yeah, it's tough. I followed WWE before I followed UFC, but then I got out of following WWE for a while and picked up UFC in like 2007, 2008 range. But, uh, honestly, both pretty equal, uh, just you know, enjoy the the pomp and pageantry of WWE as long as well as the action. Enjoy the competitive nature of UFC and just how everything's just human chess. Everything is just so detail oriented. Just watching Bo Nickel last night just pull off that insane triangle submission in yeah. 52 seconds. You know, almost letting the guy you know letting the guy sweep him just to lock in the triangle is just beautiful. Yeah, precise. That was fun to watch. Um, Kevin, I'm gonna let you have it, bro, because I know you yeah. were like. Lucas, let me tell you this. I've never known somebody to be more excited to talk to Lucas Kinzer than this guy right here. It is it is true, man. I, I am a longtime WWE collector um, from from action figures to, you know, to picking up my first piece of ring worn memorabilia in the nice. form of a big E singlet that I picked up um, <laughs> last week, which no, I haven't tried it on. For anybody wondering, um, but 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 it is, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I absolutely love what Panini has done with the WWE license so far. I mean, I think right coming out hitting hard with Prism right away was amazing. Um, the hype that that generated for wrestling cards and some of the prices that we saw wrestling cards rise to was just impressive and, and stuff that we hadn't seen on modern wrestling cards before. Um, so thanks for that because that made my pockets hurt just a little bit more than they did before. Um, but I mean, I have, I have a couple of questions that I'd love to ask you and, and obviously whatever information you can or can't give, we totally get it. Um, but so the first and most important question, um, and it's partially because I sort of know about this in other sports, um who chooses the images used in the cards is that a panini thing or is that a wwe thing 
So I believe our images, they come from WWE. We, we request certain images that'll work with the card designs. And then we have folks in photo, our photo department that will uh, go through them at that point and uh, pick out which ones they want to use. But yeah, I've been very happy with the images so far, especially some of those ringside images in, uh, in select were just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and and those popped for me. I, I think select, and and it's awesome to hear that there's sort of consideration for what goes with what design, because I feel like some of the mezzanine ones too sort of just work perfectly with that sort of squared off um, design. So the other question then, sort of in a similar vein, is. Um, who chooses whether a card gets an RC logo or not? And the prime example here is Ezekiel, who is a new character, but maybe an old character, um, but like he's in select and doesn't have an RC logo, but technically hits his first appearance, right? So, yeah, that's that's honestly uh, one of my little passion projects when we first started uh, putting together you know, folks that were going to be in Prism and going to be used throughout the year and who would have rookie status. Uh, with WWE, obviously, and just pro wrestling collectibles in general for trading cards, it's not nearly as cut and dry as it is in more traditional sports where, you know, first mainstream release is always the RC. Right. Uh, I just kind of took a sort of nuanced approach. If somebody had, you know, like a Miko Satomura, for example, yeah. she has a ton of cards in Japan. She doesn't have any, you know, mainstream WWE cards before this year, but right. she's probably in eight, nine, ten different sets in Japan. So I didn't feel like it would be right to RC her. Sure. On the flip side, someone like Ezekiel, it's a little tougher. I honestly didn't really think about that one because I, I just think of him as, you know, Elias's of ultimate course. character. It's almost like if you were an RC dude love in 1997, you know? Right, right. But, and, um, and that's, and that's, it's funny because like really, and, and I think you hit the RCs spot on. I'm like, I really do. But Ezekiel was the one that I felt like that sort of slipped through the cracks, but that also is like, just the definition of WWE because yeah. is he an alternate character or is he, you know, they lead you to believe that he is his own individual person, but it's very much part of the comedic element of the character. Right. I've seen the, I've seen the photo of Ezekiel and Elias standing next to each other. Right. I've, I mean, their whole, their whole family in the hospital. It's, it's yeah. the proof is in the pudding there. So I, think, real, I, think really. Elron, I think Elron was there too. He was. I mean, I, I think Kevin Owens is the only one who doesn't believe it at this point. But um, so so that's that's awesome. You know, thank you for answering that one. So the other thing, um, and, and I, I think I know your answer for this one, but let's see. One of the most coveted sets in Panini Prism is the Color Blast set, right? And I notice that this set is, is pretty much all active wrestlers was that done strategically is it are, are we gearing towards and maybe this is where you can't answer but are we gearing towards a legends color blast set next year like you know what, what do we got on that front so to be honest with the color blast early on i wasn't sure exactly who we all we had rights to through wwe or through our autograph deals we were very early on in securing rights so i just kind of went with the safest approach you know 10 most collectible superstars that were current at the time Plus, I mean, I considered John Cena current. I believe he, yeah, he had one. Always, I saw the, always. I saw right. the picture of the, the, the you can't see me color blast where it was just the smoke. I got a good laugh out of that. But, uh, <laughs> I believe that was Cherry Collectibles who who put that one out for the first time. Yeah. They're they're awesome with yeah. their WWE related yeah, I, coverage. I will say there will definitely be some legends sprinkled in in twenty three because we have a good sense of who we have rights to now and who we're going to go after for rights and. Uh, but, I mean, you always got to keep some guys in your back pocket, guys and girls, because you know, if you right. use all the best people in the first two, three years, five years down the road, it's, you know, 
the fifth Roman Reigns color blast, the fifth Hulk Hogan color yeah, blast, yeah, yeah. like that. It's you know, it doesn't have right. nearly as much pop. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've we've definitely seen that happen with other sports, and I guess with other sports, you're sort of just limited because of of who the elite level players are. Mm-hmm. Where WWE sort of you can you can if you have access to use that full catalog, it definitely helps. Plus, you um, also have the option with WWE. Let's say we do some Hulk Hogan color blast down the road. Well, we could do Hollywood Hogan color blast right. down the road as well. You know, alternate right. characters, uh, different timelines. So Undertaker as the Dead Man, Undertaker as the American Badass. Uh, during the ministry era, all those different things could all work. So we have a little advantage there. We can vary it up a bit more. Yeah, definitely. So, so the next question I have is um, it's, it's a two part question, right? So the first part of it is, do you have a wrestler who currently does not have an autograph deal signed now, not talking about any sort of, you know, practicality of it whatsoever, but who would you want to see? in a WWE product, in a Panini product, their autographs. And then the other part of that question would be, um, have we reached out to The Rock to try and sign an autograph deal yet? <laughs> well, I think the first the first question, I think you already know the answer. There's only one name of who's the number one person that all WWE collectors, and nowadays all mainstream collectors, right. want, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Um, I believe the line that I was told when I'd asked about that was, <laughs> You don't call him, he'll call you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, Mr. Johnson is very busy. Uh, that is so great. Johnson. I love He's him even more guy. now. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't a line from him. I think we just kind of barked. No, no, but I, but I love him even more now because you guys, you, you need to add your cubicle have just a red phone with a little clear case over it that just the Rock has the number to, <laughs> and it's like you know if this phone rings that that is that yeah, is sure. your your day, your year, your Panini product lineup just made yeah. right there. So Tracy, yeah, but, do you have somebody who you'd love like? Well, if, the, if you wanted one wrestling auto, well, I'm gonna. Lucas kind of knows my where I come from, but but I'm a, I'm like a Von Eric guy. So uh, David, uh, 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 Carrie, like any of that. There, there's a tragic story with their family. Kevin is the one that kind of survived out of that. But that Lucas, you know, that kind of cut autograph with Kevin, Carrie, and David. My gosh! But um, the thing about the Rock is it it's so cool because. I got back into wrestling after my WCCW days in the Von Erichs and Iceman King Parsons and all those. I got back in because of the rock. And I remember feeling sorry for him because he always got jobbed by Triple H in, in China. Right. And then he finally won. And it's like to see where he elevated to not just in sports entertainment, but in the entertainment world. I mean, he's one of the very few guys who can say, you don't call the rock, the rock calls you. And, and it's like, he's like the Tom Brady of, of, of his sport and of his inner, of his genre. And that is pretty incredible to know that he was a guy that got job by triple H in China over and over and over again. until he finally won. Even, but when he wasn't necessarily jobbing, it was, you know, the die Rocky die chance, you know, yeah, the, the fans yeah. turned on him and then he had the, uh, the heel turn and joining the nation of domination and cut that great <laughs> promo. I got three words. Die. Rocky die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap. It really did wonders for his career. There's never been, in my opinion, never been a more electric person on the mic. I mean, just incredible. CM Punk, I think, comes close, but yeah, The Rock is... 
so no, it's it's no. super interesting just like touching on like just wrestling now and not so much trading card related right so when it's it's crazy that you know you could say like you look at hulk hogan and hulk hogan is one of the most polarizing figures in wrestling right um they people say if you take hogan versus rock the main event at wrestlemania and you watch it with no sound it's not a great wrestling match right but when you turn the sound up on that match you just get brought into the fact that here are the two most polarizing figures in wrestling or or you know two of the top four you know coming to together here to headline wrestlemania and it's like that sort of just speaks to you know it, it is a performance right and 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 similar to how if, if you go to a movie on opening night right if your crowd is cheering and into it you know you have a better experience sometimes than if, if people are just sitting there quietly um but no definitely i mean just the, the rock's ability to just captivate an audience is 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 absolutely unmatched certainly i know with uh i think jim ross said years ago I can't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines of that in a band, the crowd and the broadcasters are like the harmony. You know, you can't have music without the harmony. And while, you know, obviously, you know, Hogan had a lot of back issues and whatnot. And, you know, The Rock was, he was still The Rock, but it wasn't a, you know, five star, what was it, right. uh, the Bruce Pritchard, the, the five star Tokyo Dome, something yeah. like that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but it was, it was a performance and it was all about what does that make you feel? You know, that's the thing with, with, with WWE in particular, but I think with a lot of things is how do you feel when you're watching it? How do you feel when you leave? Do you feel better? Are you enjoying it? You know, the nostalgia factor too. I mean, you'll notice there's a lot of, you know, a lot of more vintage guys in our, our sets because, you know, my honest to God theory is that nostalgia is the most powerful emotion known to man. You know, people think about, you know, their childhood, you know, growing up watching with their parents or their grandparents, you know, thinking of WCCW, you know, that's nostalgia for the Von Erics, you know, yep. you respect them, but you remember how they made you feel. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we really are trying to capture with our, our card products. And I would say with the cut signatures as well, I love the idea. I really would love for us to get some, but one thing I've noticed in doing some research, yeah. a lot of those cuts are too big for a trading card. They're they gigantic. They're yeah. gigantic. And, and specifically, I, I, I'm sure you're alluding to Andre the Giants where most of them are signed on, you know, full sheets of paper and he, mm -hmm. he took up the full sheet of paper. Um, and, but and even like, but even like Macho Man is, you know, it's a lot of Macho Man, Randy Savage, you know, two right. layer on an eight by 10 that takes up, you know, even like a three by five box top would be difficult to fit that on. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to sort of, to see, I, I have no doubts that you guys will figure out a way to, to incorporate something. Right. And, and maybe it's, maybe it's ring worn memorabilia instead. And like, you could go just hit just as much of a home run with macho man with that. Um, but I have a, a question because it's sort of a, a hot topic in the industry now. Um, how have WWE talent been with returning autographs? Cause I know, you know, that that's, that's a point that a lot of people are, are, you know, upset about with a couple of the other sports. But so far in your experience, you know, how have how have the talent been with with either getting the cards or getting the stickers back to you guys? So I haven't, you know, been there on site to see it firsthand, but I know we have had people that have gone down there. Uh, all of the signings for or almost all of the signings for the current WWE superstars are done on location at a Raw or SmackDown. So they're in the area. They can kind of corral them all together, get them to sign some cards, get them to sign some stickers and uh you know, they're all, I mean, they're just 
they're they're celebrities, but they're also kind of regular folk, you know. Of course, it, not a whole lot of people that you know are gonna you know show them up or whatnot. And right. uh, for the retired folks, I mean, you know, they're pretty good at returning. I mean, you notice our live rates for our uh, for Prism and Select. I mean, Prism especially, considering that we uh, you know we were getting our deals for the first time, we kind of had to plan out the checklist for who we thought we were going to get autograph deals with and kind of adjust down the road. I'd say our live rates have been very solid, and I think uh, going forward, you're going to see a lot fewer uh, redemptions and rewards points for WWE and a lot more live autographs just because of how the, the whole system is set up and the advantages that we have over, you know, baseball, basketball, football, where you're more sending to the agents or sending to the the team reps that are supposed to get the player to sign, but the player doesn't want to sign. It becomes a little more problematic. Right. Well, I'll throw my name in the hat there that if there's ever a, a signing needed at Madison Square Garden or in the surrounding areas, I'm happy to go. I've, I've been a Panini autograph rep once before, so <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be a rookie gig for me. But um, all right. So I guess the sort of the last thing that I have, right, is, is we know sort of impeccable is is the next product sort of that, that folks are getting excited for. It's going to be the first on-card autographs um, that Panini is putting out for WWE. Um, sort of what can you tell us about the build out of impeccable and and you know anything sort of going going forward after that that we may or may not have seen yet what yeah. one, one quick thing on that X, nxt did have a lot of on-card autographs kind of oh, okay. under, under the radar a little bit but uh right that's honestly one program that uh i really that is enjoyed. true because i ripped i ripped three boxes of that so that was that was a that was a fun one um yeah. but but, but, but yes okay so for the for the main for the main roster guys mm-hmm. Certainly, I, I get what you mean. Definitely. All good. Um, impeccable. Uh, we should be getting a solicitation out pretty soon for that. Uh, it's built very similar to how it's built in basketball and football. Uh, on-card autographs, you know, metal pieces, metal cards, a few little surprises mixed in there, things that people might not be expecting, but they're good surprises. And I'll tell you what, just looking through and looking at the value, just top to bottom, it's it's good. It's got me excited as a collector. I'll tell you that looking at like, okay, what's, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, kind of going down the list. It's really hard to find a box that, you know, at regular SRP, I would be unhappy with what I would get. That's awesome. I mean, especially like, and you mentioned like the value, right. And that's like select has been one of like select is one of my all time favorite WWE products right now, just because of of how much it's been delivering. Um, But like, I loved Prism, but then Prism got super expensive, right? And it was it was sort of, it was sort of like, okay, I like it, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe I can't rip a case of this with, without having to, you know, evaluate that that decision. Whereas like Select, I've been through almost two cases, and I'm just I'm absolutely obsessed with the product because, like you said, at the price point and the amount of color and parallels that you're getting in there on top of just the the awesome list of, of names, right? Like I've maybe been bummed out about one or two boxes out of the 24 that I've opened in the multiple, multiple case breaks that I've been in. So like select is a home run. And if you're saying that about impeccable, I'm now officially fully on board, reserving my allocation, and then, you know, we'll take it from there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's going to be some really really good sales in that product, and I think even the stuff that's not going to sell for crazy amounts, people are going to be really excited for. Yeah, that's awesome. Think, well, thank you for the WWE deep dive, and I'm sure now Tracy has some some UFC stuff that he'd like to get into. Well, not a whole lot, but I I do want to say one thing about this kind of quasi related to 
the WWE superstars being kind of like regular people, and then the WWE being unparalleled when it comes to marketing. I love the fact that legit WWE superstars are doing breaks of new Panini products when they release. It's just a, it's a piece of authenticity that we don't always get in the other sports. And I watched a few of them and they know the product they know what to say. They it's, it's been really impressive. So that can't do anything but help the market continue to grow. So that's awesome. Um, One thing I wanted to ask Lucas it's about licensing and what kind of freedoms you might have in the WWE versus what you might not have in the UFC. Primarily, I know the UFC has a bunch of stipulations. You can't show blood. You can't show a, a, a compromised fighter. Do you see the same kind of restrictions on the WWE side or are you at liberty to show a Steve Weiser if you want to or a chair shot, things like that? There, there are some restrictions. I mean, you know, with every license, we get a style guide from the, from, you know, with this case, WWE, and they kind of go over the do's and don'ts. It's not a super long list. It's mostly the pretty obvious stuff. You know, mostly the stuff that you're not going to see on regular WWE programming, you're not going to see on a trading card. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And, uh, you, know, you know, yeah, pretty straightforward, I would say. Okay. And then the other question I wanted to ask, because I know this was a dilemma, because I was there kind of when it happened is when how difficult of a decision was it for you to hold off on putting rookie cards of Patty the Batty in last season's products, knowing that you wanted to protect his RC status for 2022? What what went into that decision and how difficult ultimately was that decision? Well, honestly, the Patty one wasn't that difficult because the 21 rookie class was just so amazingly strong. We didn't really need to use Patty status in that year. 2022, also very strong, but, you know, with the addition of Patty, it's obviously even better. Uh, there's always some folks where you look at them, you know, you know, we're talking about Bo Nickel. Let's say Bo Nickel fights in November or December. I'm probably not going to put him in the last, you know, 2022 product of the year because we can get an entire product cycle of rookie cards out of him by not doing yeah. so. Uh, it's all about maximizing value. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's a calculated risk. I mean, he's always, if you hold somebody back and then, you know, something bad happens, they get injured or they, uh, they get a really bad loss, you know, not good, but it's a calculated risk. And I think most of the folks that we decide to hold back are folks that we're, uh, we're pretty confident they're going to be stars down the road. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have, if you had to pick one WWE superstar and one UFC fighter that has the most upside going forward, maybe that's under the radar or not as appreciated as you think they should be. Who, who, what two names would you give us? We might have to cut this part, though, if it's somebody that I'm trying to buy cheap that he's not going to blow <laughs> up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I don't necessarily have his last name. I can't remember exactly how I pronounce his last name. Adrian Yanez is going yeah. to be a stud. He's already a stud. He's going to be a super stud. I'm not going to say champion just yet, but he's somebody who I remember trying to get him into, I think, 21, and we couldn't get him into 21 products, so we saved him for 22, and he's... I believe every fight he's had has been a fight of the night and a finished win. So, plus he's a local guy. I believe he's from the Texas area, and uh, yeah, seems like a super nice guy. Seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's a great fighter. Yeah, uh, love it. WWE. It's <sighs> a good one. I mean, we've already got. Cora Jade's got a lot of potential. You have her 
her stuff in this year's product uh, for next year. I'd have to really think about that one. Uh, probably down. Probably they're going to start bringing some more people into NXT and in, you know the November December time frame and to get a better idea. I know they've done some vignettes for some folks. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't really be, break, be breaking any news to say I think Nikita Lyons is going to be a star. Definitely, she's already a star. I think she could be, you know, a easily top five main roster female competitor down the road. She's got the look. She's got the talent. She's unique, yet she's definitely has the it factor. I mean, she's got it in droves. Uh, Braun Breaker. I've talked before about Braun Breaker. He's oh, Kevin loves Braun Breaker, dude. <laughs> the first I mean, time the, the three Breaker. the three people that he's mentioned, I already have a ton of stuff for. So this is this is wonderful news. You know, of course awesome. you do. Of yeah. course you do. The first time I saw Braun Breaker, when I was just going through, and it was you know Braun Recksteiner or whatever the, the Steiner's last name is, I was just like, oh, oh, that, I see dollar signs. I see, I see something. <laughs> if if he can, you know, get the right training and get the right work, because this is before when he was even before NXT, like he could be really good. And then saw the first few matches for it literally being like his first few matches ever. I don't think he really had any, very little if any uh, indie experience just fluid he's definitely got it in his genes with uh, rick and scott rick being his dad scott his uncle oh i didn't know i didn't know he was related oh, oh yeah wow. they're uh yep it's the steiner family uh hopefully not not uh breaking any news here hopefully i'd like to get a triple auto with them someday sometime down the road in some product but uh i got a lot of ideas for that kind of stuff though i always love doing multi-sign stuff it's always fun I yeah, love it's it. awesome, especially like WWE has so many sort of family lines now yeah. that that would make for awesome multi-sign pieces. I think that would be that would be sick. And plus, WWE is also there's there's those teases of of a couple of really big names coming back, which would be awesome to see what Panini could do with certain people um, who who you know are sort of fiendishly good, but we don't know what's uh, what's exactly going to happen with them, right? I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I know nothing more than what the internet rumors are, but I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to see some uh, big returns this year. Hey, finally, before we let you go, Lucas, and this is kind of combat sport related, but I want you to retell this story for Kevin and for the audience. So just over your left shoulder, just right, right around that area from where you're sitting, there was once an attempt to do a, a a head kick on me as I was sitting down. Can you kind of explain that story for our audience? I don't know why I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> so in my younger and uh, more showing off days, I would say, at Panini, I like to show off my flexibility being a short, overweight guy, still being able to throw a head kick over a, a cubicle. Uh Tracy claims that if he hadn't ducked, he probably would have been clipped. I say that, according to the video, there is about a half inch to an inch of space. But uh, <laughs> let's, say I'm, let's just say I'm never going to practice that one again. Uh, let's yeah, I been, I'm 34 now. i got to retire the head kicks. Yeah, well, thank God. because It's I a party been, trick, right? Now you just got to bring them out at parties every once in a while. Just like, hey, guys, check this out. Absolutely. Kevin, I would have been decapitated, bro. I would have been decapitated had I not ducked down. Well, I'm glad that your reaction times are as good as his flexibility then because it takes two to tango, right? That could have no, been a bad result. I had, look, when Lucas tells you something, he says it with such conviction that, that you believe it. And, and I was a willing participant. I, I was going to give him my best effort to let him kick me in the head or just miss me. So he did miss me. Ultimately, he did miss me, and never, nobody got 
concussed. Um, well, that's awesome. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us, man. Keep doing great things at Panini with the WWE products, the UFC products. I know you're working on some NBA stuff too. You do a bunch of different things. You do them all well. We thank you for coming on and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. I appreciate it. Y'all take care. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.